Welcome to the Mindset Mashup. I'm your host, Michelle Sorrow, TV host on Extra, master brand strategist, author on gratitude, and co-founder of Mindset Programs. And I dig deep to bring you closer to your best life in this lively, unfiltered, and heart-centered podcast. The Mindset Mashup is a compilation of real talks focused on epic mindset rituals and routines to help you get after your passion and potential. Tune in each Monday for inspirational guests who reveal their mindset must to help you optimize what matters most, self-love, impact, fulfillment. I'm so excited that you're here. Let's get started. Welcome back to the Mindset Mashup. Uh, (laughs) To say that I'm excited about Siri Lindley as my next guest is just an absolute understatement. She is just a solid rock star of a human being and a world champion. I mean, she has just got an unbelievable grit and gladiator spirit, but it's all fueled by a peaceful warrior loving soul that wants to make a genuine impact and mission in the world by helping to empower so many to understand what really drives them from the inside out. And listen, she's so well decorated, right? She's won all the medals, two-time world champion, number one ranked triathlete in the world, has been inducted into the USA Triathlon Hall of Fame. She's a graduate of Brown University, keynote speaker, best-selling author, high-performance coach. And what I love about this episode is that we unpack the mindset of a champion athlete and a champion entrepreneur, but why that has nothing to do with swimming, biking, and running. I mean, we get inside her heart and it's so cool guys, because that is what's driving her mindset. And yes, you're going to get instant takeaways. I mean, like to elevate your life right now, takeaways, including why she embraces anytime that she's been just absolutely so scared. She turns it into excitement. She loves it and gets, gets thrilled by anytime she's riddled with, Oh, but that's not in my comfort zone. And how she lets that lead her to the next part of her journey that will ultimately take her home. She has a great question about legacy that's just so cool, what her morning routine is and how she carries that throughout her day and really loves to just continue to push boundaries and really ask that of her champion clients that she coaches and then how that applies to her life and her partnership with the love of her life, Rebecca Keat, and just so much more. I mean, this is one of those episodes where it's like an entire conference or, you know, five-day seminar in an hour-long conversation. It's a real talk. I cannot even possibly conceal my little girl excitement about just being like over the moon elated to have her on the show. I've been following her for two years now, ever since I first heard her on Tony Robbins podcast exactly two years ago, and then to come full circle and get a chance to have met her in person and have her here on this podcast is just, it's a real dream. And I am so excited that you guys are going to get to know her as well. For those of you who don't know her quite yet, and I have no doubt that you will become just as big of a fan as I have become and so many people that have ever had a chance to cross paths with her. So without further ado, please enjoy Siri Lindley. Well, this is going to be a love fest. Um, I'm super excited and I actually already hit record. I figure, oh, let's just get going, girl. 
because I know you, I know you are busy and you're out there changing lives. And I, I was like shocked that you actually had time to chat today because I was watching your Instagram earlier and I'm like, you've got an athlete going to an Ironman tomorrow. I mean like, or wait, she just won something. What was that? Well, so I have my athlete, Ellie Salthouse is going into the 70.3, which is half Ironman. And we have been on a mission to have her ready to be at her very, very best, you know, physically and mentally and emotionally. And she's in South Africa. So tonight at about 11 o'clock, I am going to be huddling up to my computer and watching my girl take on the world championships and hoping for an amazing day, which I know she's capable of. Well, I'll be definitely holding her in my heart and my prayers and visualizing that outcome of her crossing that finish line first. And really it's just about, you know, her having a really good time. Cause I know that's a big piece of what your work is. Absolutely. I mean, I'm all about, I always tell my athletes, I'm like, I'm here to help you tap into your greatest strength, to discover your truth, to find out what you're truly made of. And they kind of look at me like, well, wait a second, I'm here to, you know, become the best in this sport. And it's like, yeah, exactly. And for all of us, no matter what we're taking on, whether it's business or sport or a relationship, if we want the best possible outcome, you know, reaching deep inside ourselves and accessing our truth and our greatest strength and, and releasing negative patterns that have held us back. I mean, that's the secret to getting your greatest outcomes. So, um, yeah, that is what it's all about. And, and at this point, you know, Ellie has done all the work. She is so well prepared and it's all about going out there and celebrating all the tremendous hard work that she's put in and, exactly. and best possible day she's capable of. Oh my gosh. Well, we will be watching and excited to celebrate along with you. I wanted to chat with you before we we really dive in. I know that you've been interviewed and you've spoken, you know, on many, many stages about your journey of, you know, starting sort of, you know, as the most unexpected triathlete with almost, well, zero swimming experience <laughs> to where you are now. But I also truly understand that for you, the mindset has, has really nothing to with, you know, swimming, biking, and running, and that it's that champion mindset that you talk, talked about a moment ago, which is really what you're here on the planet to harness in others, and whether they're an athlete or not is also irrelevant. But that's really I wanted to focus on today, and then also want to hear from you what you really are excited about talking about, because I want to make sure that that gets broadcasted to my listeners. Amazing. Well, that sounds fabulous. This is the stuff that I live for. So it's <laughs> so honored to be on your podcast, Michelle. You are just a rock star human being. I loved you from the moment I met you. And I really, it's a thrill. It's a thrill to be here today. I couldn't be more honored myself. I mean, this is like pinch me and my dreaming moment. Seriously. <laughs> seriously. <laughs> <laughs> So, yeah. So what's lighting you up right now so that we can get underneath that for you as well? What is lighting me up the most? Life. I mean, I, just the gift of life, honestly. Um, what's, what's amazing right now at this point in my life is I think back to when I was a youngster and, and I really was 
um, I was kind of just riddled with fear and I had anxiety disorders and I was just, I was a mess. I was terrified in my own skin. And at that time in my life, animals um, were kind of my saviors. They made me feel safe. They made me feel loved. They made me feel like I mattered at a time when I had convinced myself that I didn't. Um, much less to myself even. I mean, the most important thing is I didn't think I mattered to me, but animals kind of saved me. And where I'm at now, um, my wife and I run a horse rescue and we rescue horses from slaughter and um, which is a really horrible process, which I'm not going to talk about here, but basically when they know they've been rescued, it's, it's kind of like we as humans would react in a similar situation when somebody believes in you, when you thought that that was the end, but someone decides to take a chance on you and believes in you and believes in your future, I mean, you just want to be everything that you can be for that person to let them know that, yes, that was a great decision to take me on. And <laughs> horses are so grateful and 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 we bring them in, we give them the medical care they need, we we kind of evaluate, you know, what they're good at, what they're not good at, what they need work on. And then we train them and we pair them, whether it's with a forever home or an equine therapy school. And these horses, a lot of them, a majority of them come back and heal the humans that they come in contact with. And so I feel like it's kind of come full circle for me. You know, animals rescued me. We're now rescuing animals who are also rescuing humans. So that the reason why I start with that is that my job and, and having the ability to kind of go around the world speaking and, and have a hand in these athletes becoming the very best athletes they can become. It's such an honor and it's such a privilege and that lights me up in itself. But even greater, if I can perform at great levels on those stages um, I'm able to give more and create more with this horse rescue and the humans that we'll be able to touch through that as well. So life is lighting me up, Michelle. And thank you for asking. I'm sorry for the long answer, but that's just the truth of it all. Oh, it's the most beautiful answer. And as you were speaking, I got a little teary-eyed right out of the gate, which I'm not surprised by because I anyone who's been to your website, and by the way, we'll, we'll put all the resources up, you guys, um, in the show notes, but the ranch, Believe Ranch and Rescue is the name of this organization. And you've saved 72 horses at last count. Is it still that number? It's. I think we're at 73 now. <gasps> and only been in action for a year and almost a year and a half. Um, but again, I think we all know listeners out there and you definitely know this, Michelle, when you're passionate about something and you've got this deep emotional reason why you want to create this or achieve this, um, you do whatever it takes to make it happen. And I knew what was holding us back is that we didn't have the financial resources, the financial freedom to even put together a nonprofit. Um, so we decided we're going to go out, we're going to learn about business. We went to this Tony Robbins business mastery course and literally within a month time, we had increased our own businesses by like 300%, which gave us the money to begin organizing the nonprofit. But we also came out of it with this great understanding of what we need to do to build this and to 
kind of, we had this mission, we had this purpose, we had this why, we had this emotion, but how do we do it? And where do we go from here? And it was important to go out and learn, you know, what skills we needed and, and what our mindset needed to be. And, and that's been an incredible process also, because we all know that we are are continually growing as human beings. And um, that was an absolute necessity for us uh, to not only make the nonprofit uh, become a reality, but to do what we've done, which is saving the 73 horses, which feels amazing. Oh, every single one of those horses are so grateful. And then all the families, they get to have them, you know, for, you know, their own experience. I mean, you guys have a retreat coming up and by the way, this episode will air. I mean, if anyone listening is listening in real time, it's Monday, September 24th, but within a month's time, you and your wife are leading a really cool retreat called Horsepower Retreat at your ranch, which is a seven acre, beautiful ranch in Boulder, Colorado. Do you want to talk more about that in case there happens to be some spots left? Well, I'm hoping that you're coming, Michelle. Oh, I hope I can. Oh my gosh. I would love to. Um, It's going to be the most incredible experience and you don't, you don't a horse lover uh, to have this be relevant to you. We a, a big part of the retreat is um, kind of finding your truth through the horses, and we have this incredible woman, uh, Jen Zoe, who is basically a horse whisperer, and she came out here and was working with our rescue horses, and it's unbelievable how much you learn. The horses will actually pick. A certain person. So for instance, if you have like six people and you're all inside the arena and you give it some time, the horses will each pick someone and that kind of your horse for the retreat. And horse becomes basically a mirror for you. Um, how it, horses are very sensitive and they respond to energy and they respond to how you present yourself. They're great. Um, you know, they teach you about body language and how to express yourself and how to carry your energy and what energies will produce the result you're looking for. Um, And they're also great teachers of leadership and and learning how to become the fearless leader of your own life, which of course is so very important, especially if we want to lead others in, in our lives. And so it's kind of finding your truth through the horses. And it would be way too complicated for me to explain that on, on this podcast, but it is magical and it's powerful and it is life-changing. And along with that, I will be doing one-on-one coaching uh, sessions with each participant. We'll be having um, talks, uh, I guess like kind of keynote talks, uh, one which I'll be giving, and then we have some special guests coming in as well. Uh, Rebecca Keat, my wife, is going to be teaching about fitness and nutrition and being your best self energetically and physically. And so bringing together mind, body, spirit, awakening, enlightenment, um, it's just going to be a magical event um, at Believe Ranch and Rescue. And I encourage anyone who gets lit up by the thought of just having this incredible experience, um, I encourage you to try it out. And 
Michelle will be here with us, right? <laughs> well, I think you need a branding expert. You need someone to come on to help people really refine their message, whether it be a product or service. So <laughs> yeah, maybe we should figure out, well, we know we're going to collaborate on something. We've already, it's already done. It's in the stars. I mean, there was such an alignment when I met you and then when I got to meet your wife and there's so much to unpack already and we're only 10 minutes in. But this retreat, guys, is late October um, and I'll make sure that we've got the you know exact um, link up for you to check out, but it just sounds magical. Are you kidding? A weekend with you and Rebecca and horse therapy and magic in the mountains of Colorado in late October? I mean, I don't know what sounds, I don't think there's anything better than that. Oh, well, I just simply can't wait. So we're, we are so looking forward to whoever comes out here for it. We promise to make it the most unforgettable experience. So um, yeah, we can't wait to have you. So join up. It'll be amazing to meet you. Oh, it's going to be amazing. And I love that we started with that. This is the first time uh, that I've ever asked a guest in real time without hitting, you know, before, well, actually after I hit record, like what's lighting you up right now. And, and the reason I did that is because, you know, you've mentioned that you've been, you know, you were at business mastery and that changed your life. Um, I had mentioned before we hit record that it was about two years ago. Actually, it was August of 2016 where I was driving home from Santa Barbara, having visited my dad and I put on Tony Robbins podcast and I heard your conversation with him, which by the way, has been, I think the most downloaded listened to episode of his of all time. And then it caught the attention of like Oprah and Inc magazine and all these incredible platforms and organizations around the world. But I mean, I, I really almost had to pull my car over to the side of the road because I was crying. I was inspired. I had never heard anyone be so real and so raw and like just share that journey of being a former two-time world champion and number one ranked triathlete in the world. And, and, and then actually, I think it was right after you were inducted into the USA Triathlon Hall of Fame. And it was just so inspiring. But what I loved about it, Siri, and this I'm sure tickled you and and no doubt as a reflection of the unbelievable relationship um, that you've been able to make with uh, Tony and Sage since, is he came on and it was supposed to be a quick little intro. He was going to kind of like gear it up for Mary, his right-hand gal, to then sort of take off, right? Like a relay race. But Tony was so enthralled and so captivated and inspired because that's just the man that he is. But he, you guys went on for almost two hours. And I was like, wait, I thought he was going to set it up and like, you know, then Mary was going to take over or Anna. And then it was just, it was just the juiciest, most alive conversation. And that was two years ago. And then for me to fast forward to going to my very first Unleash the Power Within live event of Tony's, which was in March of 2017 uh, here in LA, and you were on that stage, it's like, oh my gosh, like my world was just made. So I just want to, I want to unpack a little bit about that because I have a feeling some things might've shifted once you were on his podcast. Well, here, okay. So first of all, thank you for your incredibly kind words. I just realized it had been downloaded that many times, like crazy. And I couldn't believe it. I was in shock because when I got an email that said, we'd love to have you on the Tony Robbins podcast. And I wrote back and I said, oh, you must be looking for <laughs> her play, my four-time world champion. Here's her email. Or if it was Yvonne Van Blurken, her, here's her email. You know, you're amazing, Tony. You saved my life when I was 20 years old. Like, but here are the people you're looking for. 
And they wrote back and they're like, no, we want you. And I was like, me? <laughs> like, mm-hmm. you want me on the Tony Robbins podcast? And I couldn't believe it. Mm-hmm. The hilarious thing, like I was literally, and because this is another story in itself, is he truly did save my life when I was old. And so I'm freaking out thinking, I cannot believe I'm going to be on this podcast. But I, I thought to myself, okay, don't get too nervous. It's going to be his assistant, like totally cool. It's not going to be a big deal. <laughs> and my Skype ringer goes off on that day and I answer and I've got my video camera on and I hear this voice, Hey, serious Tony. And I'm like, Oh my God. <laughs> and and have his video on. And to be, I haven't even asked them about this, but I didn't realize that if you have your video on, even if they don't have their video on, they can still see you. Right. Right. So I'm sitting there and we're going through this conversation and I'm like, he would say something nice. And I'd like have my hands like on my head, like pulling my hair up in the air, like, Oh my God, (laughs) happening. And I'm, tell me, I'm, I'm, I, I move around a lot. You know, I get excited. Yeah. I didn't realize that they could see my, my video the whole oh, time. I have no doubt that that is probably part and parcel as to what just totally drew him <laughs> in even more like your humility. That's the thing is like, you know, I've now, you know, I've been to, uh, let's see, one, two, five live events in about a year and three months. I mean, Tony also changed my life. He gave me the opening for me to claim my destiny. That's what I like to say. Yeah. He doesn't, right? Because he doesn't take the credit. Like he creates the stage. He gives you the opening. It's up for you to go and get it. And I get the chills even saying it because that's what Date With Destiny is all about. And that's where I literally redesigned my life from the inside out, where it was based on values and mission and and needs. and, And my life has just soared like a rock ever since. And it's brought me to people like you, which for me seems like probably what your experience was like with Tony and that you were in that conversation with him on the podcast. Like, just want you to know, like you're as humble as can be, but that's how excited I am that I get to talk to you right now. Stop it. That is just crazy. No, it's not. It's not. It's so serious. No, no pun intended. Cause I know you have the serious tri club, <laughs> but no, it's so sincere. Like when you walked out on that stage in March of 2017 in LA, and that was my first live event, even though I'd been an, an avid fanatical fan and student of his through like, you know, audio program my entire adult life, um, it's a very different experience in a live program. But when you walked on the stage, somehow my whole world came together and it felt like, oh, this is my family. This is my tribe. These are my people. And I hadn't really ever thought of Tony and that world in that way because I hadn't been to a live event. So you really represented something really special for me. And then when I actually got to meet you at UPW Chicago about a year and two months later, and then meet your wife at Business Mastery and connect the way that we have, you know, this just for me is like, this is my life. Thank you, Tony Robbins. But thank you for saying yes and being on his podcast so that I could really get how grand it really can be when we just decide to make our move and step up and say yes. Totally. And I'm just, I'm so humbled by your words. So thank you. I'm not taking them lightly. It it really, it means the world to me. And, you know, it has been, it's been almost unbelievable in a way because, um, you know, that, that day when I was able to speak to him, I was just so grateful because I really did want to thank him. Um, 
you said, he gave me an opening, but if, do you want to kind of hear the story of, of how I feel that he kind of caught me at a time where it literally changed my life? To I want to hear everything that you want to share. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah. okay. So I, I was 20 years old. I was at Brown University and I don't know if you, I'm sure there's a ton of people out there that can relate to this, you know, on the outside, sure. It looked like, like I had it made. I was a three sport athlete. I'm at a great university. I'm getting a great education, but on the inside, like I was slowly dying. Like I was terrified in my own skin. I didn't even know who I was. And and I was really suffering. I had like this massive OCD, which is how I was dealing with my anxiety and my fear. And I felt like a crazy person. And I was in the library one night and kind of going up and down the aisles aimlessly. And I saw this book and it said, unlimited power. And I was like, my God, like I honestly could kill for any power at all right now. So I just kind of grabbed the book and I started reading it. And I read that whole entire book in the next however many hours, 14 hours, something like that. And what struck me, which is going to seem so simple and so crazy that I didn't know this, but I remember reading a couple of sentences and it said, what is real and what is possible is what I believe is real and what I believe is possible. Basically that we we control our experiences of life, what we believe, what we want to create, what we want to feel like that is up to us. Only, only us, like only I have the power to change my experience of life. And I do have that power that, you know, I was going along thinking that life was happening to me and and I had no control. And you know how he always talks about, like, you can change your experience of life by changing what you focus on, changing the meaning you give it, and changing what you do about it. And what I realized in that moment is that all I was focusing on was what was missing, I didn't have, what I feared, and what I had no control over. If I just made a shift in focusing on abundance, not scarcity, focusing on what I had, focusing on what I wanted to create, focusing on what I loved instead of what I feared, and focusing on the fact that I have all the control in the world over my life and what I do with it. And that shift in what I was focusing on, the meaning I was giving things, and what I did about it, which was I took off on this journey of self-discovery, like that next day, it's like, I'm finding out who I am. I have no who I am. I've got to find out, you know, who am I? What do I want to create in my life? What do, how, what do I want to give and, and who do I want to be? And it was like a whole new beginning. It was a rebirth. And, and I really feel that that book saved my life. It just came at the perfect time. And I'm so eternally grateful and everything, you know, my time as an athlete and my time as a coach and everything I've done since that point um, my journey has been finding my way home, uh, to my truth and, and to, to figuring out who I am and, and what I want to create in life and being fearlessly authentic. That's like my mission. And in my speaking and with my athletes, it's the same thing. I want to help them find their way home. 
to their truth. I love that, you know, and that's such a big key takeaway from, from like the business mastery um, event that he does a couple times a year that I was just at as well. And where you say that, you know, your business increased 300% and you guys were able to get so clear on your mission, start a nonprofit, but also really grow your coaching business. But one of the key takeaways is, is he has people to get clear on what business are you currently in and then what business are you really in? And I was, I read something where you wrote that you're in the business of changing lives and making dreams come true. Your mission is to positively influence others, to help empower us by connecting us to our greatest strengths and guiding us to our hearts, passion, and mission to living life from a place of love, not fear and finding the courage, strength, and the ability to create the extraordinary life you dream of. And it's so beautiful to just now be able to understand because you unpacked that moment of what it was like to have the insecurities, to feel so riddled with fear and despair and hopelessness and to go full circle and like, wow, you're so clear on where you are and what you're really here for. And it's just incredible series. So I just want to salute you first and foremost for living this life so authentically from the inside out because you're blazing a big trail. Well, thank you. I mean, that means absolutely everything to me. And when you read that, you know, you know, when it is your purpose and your mission and your, when, when you were reading it, I was getting goosebumps. I was getting goosebumps. And that's what I love about it. It was like, okay, some people, yes, could call you, you know, uh, you know, a top performance coach and you are all those things, the keynote speaker, you know, and a best-selling author taking stages around the world. Um, former, you know, number one ranked athlete in the world champion, all that. But who you really are is you're in the business of changing lives and making dreams come true. And that is just like, not only for you, but for your wife, for your friends, for the horses, for the other animals, for all the lives that are blessed enough to be graced by your wisdom and your message and by your mission. And well, I you the same exact thing, Michelle. So I hope that at some point you'll share yours with the listeners, because I imagine it's very similar because you, you carry that passion with you and, and you're such a shining light. You know, you, you just, um, when, when we're around you, you just light up the whole entire room with your passion and with your, um, just what you bring into this world, which is truly such a gift. So I want to thank you and I hope to hear yours at some point. (laughs) You are so kind. Well, maybe we'll be breaking bread over in Colorado like next month. (laughs) But um, yeah, no, it's just so funny because, and I appreciate that series so much. I'm very touched by that. I just have so many wonderful people that I now have access to. And I've just been so blessed that people say yes and say, I would love to come on and share my, you know, my mindset means and rituals and the things that help me get after life in a way that's fulfilling that I, I haven't had, it's a champagne problem, but I haven't had an opportunity to really share my story um, yet. And, uh, but it's been so wonderful because the more that I step up into this podcast and I bring on people like you, which were such a holy grail dream guest. I mean, when I wrote out my dream list before I launched, you were in my top five. Did my mom send you a check? No. No, and I know your mom is responsible for teaching your first swim, which was the swan swim. <laughs> I can see my mom like bribing you with like a $25 check saying, make my daughter feel confident today. No, oh my God, that is so cute. No, here's why. Um, I wanted to have the people on that as I listen to either their story on someone's podcast or 
I was a avid listener to their podcast. I wanted them to be on first and foremost. And yes, Tony's on that list. And one day he will be on you watch. Um, but it was like, okay, who are the people where I would get truth bumps and I cried and I was moved and I didn't know. And especially the people like you, where I'm not a triathlete. I'm not even an athlete in any sense of the word, except for soul cycle, which there I am an athlete. Um, but I didn't know of you. I was one of those few people on the planet that didn't know your story. So to be that moved by listening to your story on his podcast, which I know millions of people feel the same way, and then to get you to see on the stage and then to meet you in real life and then to have you here, that was, you know, like I said, it's just one of those rare full circle moments. So no, your mother did not brave me. This is really true. <laughs> so it's just awesome. But now I want to go back to you read the book and you're just a young girl. You're in college, which by the way is no, she's not any college, it's brown, but you're not studying, you know, swim, biking and running. You're field hockey, ice hockey, lacrosse, which is just so awesome because you're now in your twenties, but you read his book, Unlimited Power. And then what? So you say that like your life really kind of was handed to you next, but there were still some mountains and valleys. And I want to just get the cliff notes version of that journey of you becoming number one in the world and then where it's led you to where you are now, because I know that your life, it's the mindset of a champion. It's, it's just so much more than running, biking and swimming. Totally. And yeah. the first thing, you know, I knew that finding myself was going to be everything because you think about it, you're, you're with yourself every second of every minute of every hour of every day of every week of every month of every year, decade. It's like, you better like yourself and you better be your own biggest supporter because if you're not like, that's going to be a torturous ride as it had been for me. And so I went about this journey of finding myself. And I said to myself that every day I'm going to do something that scares me. Not, not that I had before that was focusing on things I couldn't control, but literally doing something that excited me and, and took me out of my comfort zone in a different way. And there were a couple of things that I did. The first thing I did is I got a summer job at Club Med. Do you know what Club Med is? Yes. Okay. So, <laughs> so fun. It's, it's like a vacation place. And, and there's these people that are the workers that are called GOs and they run around and, and they try to get you to go play basketball and water aerobics and aerobics and this and that. And you're just like, oh my God, leave me alone. I'm on vacation. But they're so enthusiastic and fun, <laughs> amazing that you end up getting your butt off the chair and going and doing water aerobics. So I thought I'd have no idea who I am. I was pretty shy. I didn't talk much. I was a hard worker, a good athlete, all of that. But I didn't know, like, what's my personality? Like, really, it was, I was that foreign to me. And so I applied for this job. And on the application, it said, are you an introvert or an extrovert? And I marked extrovert, even though I totally wasn't. But I'm like, extrovert. I also marked that I was fluent in French because I'd taken like 10 years of French, but I couldn't speak a word <laughs> often happens. So I get this job and, and I take off to Mexico and I, I'm in the airplane and I think, okay, so I have to become someone to do a great job here. I have to become someone that is enthusiastic and extroverted and confident and courageous and I got there and literally started the job of, you know, going up to people that were on their beach chairs and saying, come on, get out of your chair. We're going to do some water aerobics. Get that 
moving and it totally like scared the crap out of me. But I found that in doing this, I was like, wow, it actually felt, you know, I was trying this on for size and it felt okay. Like it's not all of me because I'm actually a very quiet, um, introspective kind of person, but I also have this part of me that wanted to, um, you know, be out there with people and, and talk and get to know them and all of this. So that experience completely took me out of my comfort zone and showed me a part of me that I knew was there that was a bit of an extrovert. Um, and that liked inspiring people and motivating people and, um, and moving people to action. Um, so I got back from that. And then the next thing that happened is a friend of mine said, Hey, we're going out to a bar tonight. And I'm like, Oh, okay. I'm kind of scared. I don't usually go out and party, but sure. I'll go out. And we went to this bar and it was like this really cool bar with this loud music. Everybody's dancing. But I was like, Oh my God, it's all women. And I was kind of freaking out. I was like, oh my God, there's no men here. It's all women. But I hung out for a while and I guess I kind of enjoyed myself. <laughs> and realized at this point, I'm like, oh, great. I'm gay. Great. Like You didn't know until then? This mountain. You know, it's something that is like, oh, cool. I'm gay. This is going to be fun. It was like, oh, great. And this, <laughs> I'm on this mission to find myself. And if this is what I'm finding, then I'm going to accept that and work with it. Um, so that was a, a very big discovery that led to about a year later, I got a phone call from my father and he was just crying so hard on the other end. And I was like, oh my God, what's wrong? Are you sick? Are you dying? Did somebody, what happened? Are you okay? And he said, someone told me that you're gay. He said, please promise me this isn't true. I couldn't possibly have a daughter that's gay. And he's crying. And I'm like, dad, I'm, it's true. I'm, I'm so sorry. And he hung up the phone and I didn't hear from him for like two and a half, three years. Oh my God. But in that moment, you know, with his rejection, it kind of was like anything that I've accomplished to this point, whether it be, you know, in my, in school, in athletics, in life meant absolutely nothing. Now that I'm gay it means nothing because I am a complete failure. My own father is rejecting me. And it, it destroyed me momentarily. You know, I was now in this much stronger space, but what it did, and it was the greatest gift ever. And I know often in life, and, and I know you've heard this, Michelle, and we've probably even spoken of it, but sometimes the hardest moments in our lives where we get rejected or where we get hurt mm -hmm. so deeply there's always some kind of an incredibly beautiful gift. I realize now that the gift was that when he rejected me like that, I got this intense, burning, deep, intense fire inside of me to want to get out there and find out what I'm made of and what I can achieve in my life. I needed to prove to myself that as a gay woman, I can still achieve things that I thought were special. And I could go out and I could inspire people and I could make a difference in this world and I could be something and be loved and find love. I was desperate to prove that to myself. 
yourself first and foremost. And so just a couple of years ago, I actually called him and I said, dad, I, I want to call you and I, I want to thank you. You were exactly the father I needed you to be hmm. to become the woman that I'm proud to be today. And he started crying. And for the first time in God knows how many years, um, he told me he loved me. And the biggest thing of all is he said he was proud of me. Yeah. <laughs> you know, that's, it's just that like in life when no matter what, like, I know this is so hard to believe, but no matter what it's, in every struggle, there's this incredible gift. You're going to have to dig deep to figure it out. But when you realize it, like that was the most powerful discovery. But I don't think I would have had the drive and the desire to want to dig as deep as I had to dig um, to achieve what I have in my life had he not rejected me like that. And because ultimately, I mean, long story short, when I did win the world championship as a triathlete, which was my ultimate dream. It was this impossible dream. It wasn't about winning the medal. It wasn't about, you know, being the best in the world. It was about, you know, on that day, I gave myself the most incredible gift. And that was finally the gift of a love and an appreciation and a respect for myself I hadn't had for my life up until that point. That's a great gift I could ever ask for. And so, yeah, that was a super long story. And I am so sorry, but I hope that it... Oh my gosh, no, it, it didn't. It felt um, like I was reading your journal and it felt sacred and it was powerful. And it's so funny I, and, and just fascinating how oftentimes it's easy to see the gifts in something that was just, it just was so devastating at the time because we can look back and have that benefit of hindsight and connect those dots and see how perfectly laid out that was. But what was the experience like in those two to three years where your dad wasn't speaking to you, but you allowed that to be the impetus, his rejection, his temporary rejection of his own pain, right? And he's got his own experience of what that meant for him. Um, but you allowed that to light something in you to truly get after your potential, which was all about achieving, right? Producing, you'll see me. Um, but how do you get after that in a place what what's your mindset in that time frame before you know that it was the gift? Um, and I am going to be really honest with this. I mean, there was a bit of desperation. Mm -hmm. I have to, that's not the kosher thing to say, but I was desperate to prove to myself that I could. And I was desperate also to, even though I don't know that I believed that I could achieve something that seemed so impossible to me, but I believed that I had it in me to do whatever it took to at least try. And I needed to, because when you get rejected by someone that's that important to you, um, you kind of put that on everyone thinking that everyone's rejecting you. Right. Um, you make it way bigger than just that one person. And so I really was, and maybe I don't need to use the word desperate, but I was determined to find a way to not only 
prove him wrong and prove everyone wrong that as a gay woman, I can achieve and I can inspire and I can make a difference. But most importantly to me, I need to prove to myself most first and foremost. And so every day, um, my goal became doing something that would take me one step closer to achieving that level of proficiency in the sport that I'd fallen in love with, but that I was so bad at. (laughs) When I was 23 years old and here I wanted to be the best in the world in this sport that had like Olympic, former Olympic swimmers and bikers and runners. It was crazy. But by me backing myself enough to just work my ass off to just become proficient at first and then never give up and to be become someone that was willing to fail. You know, I had realized that like anything great to, to, to succeed, to achieve anything amazing, you're going to fail along the way. You're going to be disappointed. You're going to have to, you know, you're going to hit roadblocks and detours. Like it's never this perfectly paved road to success. And and I had to become someone that not only became comfortable with failure, but that realized that, Hey, it's a part of the, it's a part of the path here. And every time I fail, I learn something really important that helps me move forward even quicker. Um, so, yeah, I mean, the mindset at that point was do it for me, prove to myself that I will not give up. I will never give in. I will be relentless. I will be resilient. I will be courageous. I'll be, I mean, what is courage? Courage is, is being afraid, but doing it anyway. And that makes it so good. Um, and every day I was making progress and every day I was building, you know, kind of just adding a block to my building blocks of confidence. And um, the mindset's different at different stages. Um, but I am someone that be- that does believe that you can achieve something spectacular without actually believing that you can achieve that exact thing. As long as you believe in yourself enough to know that you will do whatever it takes and you will never give up. Mm. You will change your approach and learn and do things differently when you have to, but never, ever give up. And as long as you have that belief in your will and in your hunger and in your resilience and in your desire, I truly believe that, that anything is possible. Mm, so do I. And you are living proof, which is just so phenomenal. And it's why you're such a sensational story that, you know, I think there's just such an authenticity of, of disbelief. Like you are, you were like the Rudy of football, right? But yet you went on to win the world championship because you believed in yourself. And, you know, whether it was the desperation and, and that, you know, that longing to feel worthy and to feel enough, because we all know that, you know, or so many of us know that a fundamental human fear is that we are not enough. And if we're not enough, we won't be loved. And so when your dad rejected you, that ended up being such a beautiful gift because you had to first love yourself. And the way that you could do that is by 
getting after a workout and a routine and rituals that would take you further down the path of reaching your goal. So it actually makes me curious because now you're coaching so many athletes and regular humans that aren't doing, you know, these extraordinary feats in athletics. Um, What do you say to them with the benefit of you now having a couple of decades of experience of, oh, you can spot maybe why they're going after what they're going after and then actually tie it back to what could be a deeper purpose. Like how do you coach them in that way so that it's even kind of like a 2.0 version of where your mindset is now as you look back? Yeah. And God, you're asking such amazing questions, Michelle. Thank Mm -hmm. you. Oh my God. Thank you. It's just, uh, I love it. Um, The biggest thing that, I mean, my biggest philosophy is you have to get uncomfortable. We, all sail along where it's hard and we dig deep, but we don't take it to that point um, where it's that you ask yourself the question, oh my God, am I going to even survive this? One of the brilliant things my last coach did that took me from being kind of a middle of a packer to a world champion is every day he gave me this task that seemed absolutely impossible, especially when you're, you know, two weeks in of, of doing these impossible, crazy things every day. And I remember one day I went to him and I could barely, I was so stiff and so sore. And I went to him and he had just given me what I was meant to do on that day. And I said, Brett, like, I can't, I can't even move my legs. I can't lift my arms above my shoulders. And he just looked at me and he pointed his finger at me and he said, find a way. Mm. away. And I remember I was so angry, but then I was like, okay, you know, I can only, I can only do my best and I'm going to go out there and I'm going to do the best that I can to get this done and see what happens. And what ended up happening is every day he'd give me something that seems so impossible. And he gave me the choice. I didn't have to do it, but I took it on. I did the best that I could and I would succeed in getting it done. And so every day I'm building up this honest confidence that comes from the facts, this gift that I'm giving myself. Like I'm seeing the task. It seems impossible, but I give it a try. I do my best and I achieve it. And each day I was just building up this confidence in myself and it was brilliant. So what I'm doing with my athletes especially is, you know, giving them these, these sessions, these days of training that seem impossible, you know, letting them know what I think that they're capable of hitting as far as their paces or their speeds or their power. And it's their choice to, whether they go there or not. And the ones that do are the ones that are winning the world championships and the ones that struggle going there, maybe they'll go there one day out of every 10 you know, they're making that progress. But the ones that are left there that are afraid to kind of take one step further in, I think they're the ones that are struggling more with what is driving them and why are you doing this and how bad do you want it? Because if you don't have that deep connection to your purpose or your why, you're going to struggle taking it to a whole new level of discomfort. Um, and that's where it is so important. And that's when the talk comes in, you know, Hey, you know, what are you, and, and I know I'm talking about sport right now, but this is anything, this is going deeper in a relationship, like getting more vulnerable, giving more of yourself, 
not being afraid to ask for what you want or, or, or talk about what you're afraid of. Like these things will take you to a whole new level of depth in your relationship. And are you willing to go there? And I guess what my philosophy is that those that are willing to get that bit more uncomfortable are the ones that are truly going to get the gift of, of, of stepping in further. Um, but in order to do that, you've got to have that deep reason why it matters to you. So true. And I love that. Now, what do you say though, to those people who I'm sure when they signed up for your coaching and they traveled to Boulder, Colorado to go through your programs, they thought that they had what it took to be that person that would get after it every day. And then, then they see the facts, just like you mentioned earlier. And they're like, I'm not doing it. I don't know what my why is. I can't connect to that. Why? How do you help them get connected to that? Why? Cause that's what I hear over and over and over again from so many people, which is what if I don't know my purpose? or I think that's my passion, but I can't get connected to a why. How have you found sports as an analogy and a conversation in that moment when it's so critical to help them uncover it more deeply? I think a great question to ask is, you know, there's a quote out there and I'm not going to say it properly because I can't even remember it right now, but it's something about how we only truly begin to live when we're either faced with someone we love dying or we're faced with the prospect of death ourselves. Right. If you realize I only have this short period of time, I need to live. And that's when you truly discover like what makes you happy? What do you want to be doing with this time? And I think a great question to ask yourself is like, what do you want your legacy to be? If kids, like, what do you want them to remember most about you? Um, what do you want the, the greatest lessons that you teach your kids or, or your, you know, youngsters or the people you care about the most, what do you want your legacy to be? What do you want them to remember about you? And, you know, I guess I'm kind of thinking about asking myself that question right now. Like I, I want people to think back about me and say, she was a warrior. She, she wanted to find a peace within herself. She wanted to find a love for herself. And she went about discovering that by testing herself and pushing herself beyond what she thought she was capable of so that she could prove to everyone out there that when you, when you find your way home to your authentic self and to who you are, and you live your life, bringing all of who you are into your life, that's when you truly start creating the extraordinary life that you dream of. Oh, it's, that's so powerful. I don't even know where that came from. I don't know where that came from. But well, it came from your legacy, my love. It, I mean, I, of course, the moment that you said, well, I asked them about their legacy and how they want to re be remembered. And I'm like, she knows this is coming, right? Like, it's the obvious next question for me. And I love that you asked it of yourself. And like, that was intuition. That was like a truth bomb being downloaded. That's what that was. That's who you are. It's what you embody. It was so weird. I bet it was powerful, wasn't it? <laughs> well, it was a powerful experience for me because I just figured it out myself. Well, we'll have that be our audiogram um, quote because it's just so good. Um, oh my gosh, I love it. 
Uh, so listen, I know we only just have a few more minutes and this has already been so powerful. And what I love about this is that, I mean, you've dropped so many mindset takeaways. Um, so I've gotten way more than I could have ever hoped for, for our listeners, but I have to touch on how you met Rebecca and what's happening between the two of you and what you're excited about next, not only as a couple, but in, in what you're doing, um, you know, with your work as coaches and, um, for the nonprofit, that's a loaded question. Take, take it where you want to go, but you guys just have such a special inspiring, beautiful, contagious love um, that I just, I have to ask about it, especially because this has been something that, you know, you were challenged by as a young adult and, and, and then even rejected by your father for temporarily of just, you know, being openly gay and how to navigate that yourself. And then now just to be living so authentically and so powerfully and being on stages, talking about it all around the world, my goodness, it's big and beautiful. So I want to hear how you met her. Well, first of all, I'm riddled in goosebumps now when you <laughs> say her name. Oh. You know, Beth is the most incredible gift. You know, the first incredible gift was just finding a love for myself, which was so needed because I truly believe we can't love others until we love ourselves first. Um, but she is just the most incredible, beautiful gift I could have ever asked for. And, you know, I had been hurt so much, uh, like you said, you know, just with rejection, not just from my father, but every relationship, I would just get caught in these patterns that would lead to, you know, devastating endings, as I'm sure so many people can relate with on. And I'd reached a point actually in my life where I was like, I just, I want to be alone. Like now I'm comfortable in my own skin. I love animals. I love my job and I'm going to be perfectly fine on my own. And then Rebecca showed up and it was not a great, like she showed up. I was coaching her and I had these boundaries like coach athlete, like severe boundaries. There's no you know, commingling, anything like that, because there needs to be that respect and that, you know, just that, that relationship that is more of just, I'm the coach or the athlete, that's it. So we go off to Australia and one of my athletes had organized the accommodation. And I had said to her, I said, I have to live alone. I can't live with an athlete. It's like non-negotiable. And she picks me up at the airport and she drives me to this beautiful house, like hanging over the beach and the ocean. I'm like, oh my God, like I can't afford this. Like, like, is this where I'm staying? And she said, yes, this is where you're staying. It's totally just, you can stay here. It was like $200 a month. It was ridiculous. And she said, there's one problem. And I was like, oh God, if it's an athlete, I would rather live in a tent on the beach. I'm not sharing with an athlete. And she said, well, you're sharing with an athlete, but you literally have the whole upstairs and she's got the whole downstairs. You just have to share a kitchen. And it was Rebecca Key. And <laughs> I'm like, just not even knowing what to do about sharing my space with one of my athletes. But every, we kind of avoid each other and I'd cook early and she'd cook later. And then eventually we started kind of cooking at the same time. And um, I'd known her for like 10 years already. But what I was discovering is that Rebecca Keat was very different. You know, 10 years later, she's now this, she just had this 
you know, I was seeing this different side of her and, and we started eating dinners to get together. And, um, I started getting really confused as was she, and she was in a, not a good relationship at the time and was really struggling. And I was on my mission to just be alone for the rest of my life. Um, he started realizing that there was this incredible bond being formed. And the key thing here is that I knew that I could never have a relationship with an athlete without telling all my athletes what was going on because I, you know, that can cause problems. And I, I am very, um, my culture uh, for my athletes is so super important to me. And I didn't want to bring anything negative into this culture. And we decided that we wanted to be together. And um, she had to get out of her relationship. I had to bring my whole entire team of 15 athletes together and let them know that um, this had the potential of happening and that I would stop coaching Rebecca or she would stop training for triathlon. And so we had to go through a lot of really difficult stuff. And what was amazing about that, it, like it was hard. We, we went through a lot of hard stuff just to be together. And I think when you have to jump over a lot of hurdles and get through a lot of obstacles, it really shows you how much it means to you. And I just knew that this girl lit up my soul. She made me laugh. She made me smile. She made me feel like nobody ever had. And when we finally made it possible for us to be together, I thought to myself, you know, this is the kind of love that I would daydream about as a little kid, like a fairy tale of what love would feel like and what it would feel like have your best friend, but to be so loved and so supported and, and just to feel so free and at home with another person. But it was a fairy tale. It didn't seem like that could ever be mine. And when we allowed ourselves to fall in love, it's like, this is, this is that fairy tale and greatest feeling in the world. And what I knew at that point is that the rest of my life, nothing else mattered. Like I didn't care who knew because this was something that I would have never dreamed could ever be mine. And this woman who's the most beautiful gift I've ever received loves me. I want to share this with the world. And if the world doesn't accept it, that's too bad because <laughs> this is a gift from above and, and I'm not going to take it for granted. And so we are so blessed to just have this incredible bond, this shared mission of wanting to touch lives, you know, both human and animals. And, and we feel so blessed. We live, you know, the word of our lives is gratitude, just wake feeling so grateful for not only the gift of life, but having each other and having the ability and the opportunity to do the things that we love and to have that kind of energy around you, you know, nothing's perfect in every relationship. You're, you're going to have your your struggles, but those struggles make you stronger and they deepen your love. Like I was saying earlier, you know, the more vulnerable you can get, the, the deeper you step in, the richer the experience. Um, and it can be scary, but it's the beauty on the other side is just beyond anything I could ever describe. So she's such a gift, um, living this life with her and, and creating this horse rescue, this nonprofit has been, um, you know, we feel like we're kind of just on this incredible path and 
um, I just feel so incredibly blessed and, and I appreciate you and thank you so much for asking me about it. I'm sorry. I took like probably 10 hours to talk about it, but you are so sweet as if I wasn't hanging on every word. <laughs> when did you guys get married? We got married in 2015. And, mm. and so how long have you been together now? We've been together since 2012. Mm. We've been together since 1995. <laughs> and we married in 2015. And um, life will never be the same again. As <laughs> I love it. You know, the, the whole theme of this, this interview, this talk, is that life really does begin at the end of your comfort zone. You know, I mean, as I, as I look at this, you know, and I'm just like, wow, as I connect it all back together, I'm like, we just have to be willing just to step outside our comfort zone. And there's so much magic. There's so much waiting for us, but we just have to be brave and go for it. Right. That courage you talked about earlier, which includes loving the person that might seem like the quote wrong person, but everything in your soul knows it, knows it's right. And, and it's just so beautiful when we get out of our own way. And when you use the word home to reference how it felt being around her and how it continues to feel. I mean, that's a word that, that only rare couples use, but that's the couples that truly inspire so many. And, and the both of you inspire me. So thank you for sharing that story because I never knew. Wow. Well, thank you. You're, you're just, um, I'm just so grateful that you even asked. So I so appreciate having the opportunity to talk about it. Um, and you're so right. Your words are so beautiful. I don't want to mess them up because they were so perfect that it really is about getting out of your comfort zone because the gift that you will receive in doing that is being led to, to every home, your own home inside mm. your with another person. So uh, be, be courageous and be brave because it's, it's so worth it. Oh God, you just really button that up in a way where I'm like, I'm sitting here all teared up. I'm like, yes, it's so much bigger than we can even imagine what home really means. It's home within our own hearts. Like you just said, like we're all looking for something like meaning and wanting to belong and feel like we're enough and worthy and loved. And it's like, gosh, you know, if we just step outside our comfort zone, any little bit, the tediest little bit right now, then we'll begin to become more aligned with what home really is for each and every one of us. Yes. Oh, and so good. You right? Know? Yes, so it is. Um, well, I've gotten so many of your, your mindset rituals and routines. Um, I have two more questions. Um, do you have time? Like five more minutes. Okay, cool. I wanted to honor that we've been on about an hour. Um, I know everyone's like, oh gosh, I don't want them to hang up. Um, I love to understand, you know, what your routines are because everybody you know, seems to have either like a morning routine, whether it be through, you know, exercise or meditation or diet or prayer. I know that you guys live by gratitude, you and, and Bex, but what is your routine to help you just stay optimized so that you can get after your full potential? Absolutely. Waking up and being grateful. And, and that is, you know, it's, it's easy to feel grateful. Um, but I wake up and the first thing I will do is say my thanks, um, to whether you believe in God or the universe, you know, say your thanks. And then I lay out the intention that, you know, I feel so grateful for little things, you know, and, and I'm so wanting to show my appreciation for the gift of life and, and 
the life that I lead and all of that. And I figure that the best possible way to show my thanks and to appreciate that is to not only acknowledge it, but use everything I have inside of me to the fullest every day. So I wake up, I think about three things I'm grateful for. Um, Tony Robbins has this incredible priming exercise that is just incredible. And you can find it on YouTube, I think. But um, oftentimes, if I'm not rushing off to work, I will sit and, and go through that priming exercise. But feeling grateful, laying out the intention of, of what I, the impact I hope to have, whether it's be, being loving on the horses and making them feel safer or helping my athletes reach all new levels, whether it's mentally, physically, or emotionally, whatever it is, laying out the intention for the day. Um, and then I'll get up and hopefully be able to work out. My I am not an intense trainer anymore by any means, but I love running. I It just, hmm. spirit, it's time that just... Um, I don't know. It's, it's like therapy for me, or it's like a celebration. It's just amazing. So I love to run and I try to get that in, in the morning and then going about my day and, and being, um, really present. Um, presence is huge for me. I think in the world today, it's so easy to get distracted or to kind of be doing like five different things, giving like, you know, 20% to each thing. And, I'm all about whatever I'm doing in that moment. I want to be fully present. I love that. And I just think that the experience of the day is that much more powerful, enjoyable. You you get more out of it um, by being fully present. And that means in your relationship too, you know, say Beck and I may only have 30 minutes together on a given day, but in that 30 minutes, we are going to put the phones away and look into each other's eyes and be fully, um, to make that 30 minutes, you know, feel like it could have been a whole day. Um, so that's key for me is being fully present and, um, ending the day with gratitude as well. Just thinking about, um, the great things that happen. And on some days that are trying days and we all have them, you know, life is peaks and valleys. We're going to have tough times. We all have them, but even on a horrible day, there's always something you can be grateful for. How about that? You know, you've got a beating heart that's allowing you to live that day. Um, or, you know, somebody smiled at you and it made you smile for a moment. Um, or you, you know, you helped someone, helped an old lady across the road, whatever it is, like there's always something to be grateful for. And I think no matter how hard the day, um, finish on that note, um, and appreciate, you know, when you look back at the things that you did struggle with during the day, um, what did it provide you with? Like, yeah, you may have had to work so hard on your computer all day long, but now you're one step closer to getting that project done. Exactly. Always reframing that perspective. I love that, that gratitude, beginning your day with it, ending your day with it, and just keeping your whole life in perspective of the gifts that are always bestowed upon us for a simple thing like our own beating heart. So profound. Definitely. And I think on the subject of getting out of your comfort zone, I mean, way back at 20 years old, I 
set out the intention of doing one thing every day that scared me. I love that. Whether it's saying hello to someone that, you know, you've been too afraid to say hello to, just wave, you know, do something that scares you every single day. And that allows you over time to realize um, that the things you're taking on are way scarier than what you initially started with. And that builds your confidence and, and it's a great way to live. Yes. It's such a, such a great confidence builder. Yeah. You said that way early on, you know, you're like, okay, whatever scares me, I'm going to turn that into excitement because it's outside of my comfort zone and I'm like, go for it. And that is just, again, it's such a, it's such a simple, but very powerful mindset shift. And I know that that right there is something that anybody listening, wherever you might be in whatever place in life you might be, you, you can do something right now that's just a little outside the comfort zone and then you condition it, right? It's like an atrophied muscle and then you'll just become more confident and more confident. Next thing you know, it's your new normal that was once like a far-fetched dream, which is what's so cool. Um, so I always end by asking how my guests would define fulfillment because the whole reason that I like to have people on is because it just seems like every guest that I'm inspired by that's like here on the show, you know, nobody's living a perfect life at all times that would be boring and uninteresting, but it just seemed to have a, a larger sense of fulfillment. No doubt that's you, you embody it, but how would you define it? How would I define fulfillment? I think at the end of the day, or when you accomplish something, being able to appreciate and be grateful for what came from that achievement for you, what you gained from it, but even more importantly, how it will positively touch the lives of the people around you. Um, everything that we do has the potential to inspire or to move or to give hope or to free someone else and to see in, in anything that you accomplish, whatever it is, to know that that also is inspiring someone else or moving someone else in a way that is positive, um, that's fulfillment. And, you know, quote, I think it's by Marianne Williamson. And again, I won't be able to say it exactly, but it's something about, um, you know, being all of who you are, celebrating your life and I often talk about this quote uh, by Michelangelo and it says, I saw the angel in the marble and I carved until I set him free. Mm. That's my life. Like I feel like the marble was my insecurities and my self-doubt and my fear and my anxiety. And I've spent my whole life chipping away at that to reveal the angel inside of me, which each and every one of us has truly believe that every single one of us is was put on this earth perfect just the way that we are and i think where we get it wrong is we try to be all these different things to fit in or to get a certain job or to have a certain impact when the answer is coming back home to your angel and revealing that and as you reveal that and you live your life you know shining all your light not only can you live life full throttle with all your strength and all your power and all your beauty but you inspire everyone around you 
to do the same. And I would say that that's fulfillment is knowing that what you've worked so hard to achieve will also inspire others to have that same courage, be that same brave and find their angel and reveal it to the world as well. Oh my gosh. Speak, spoken like a true champion. And I love that Marianne Williamson quote. In fact, it's so funny um, and I'm not surprised, but I was literally looking at her book where that quote um, um, that starts with our deepest fear is in the book called A Return to Love. I think it's page 35. I'm literally looking at that book the whole time that we are in this call. I'm just like gazing somewhere, right? And you bring up that quote, it's just so powerful and like a perfect way to wrap this up just so beautifully. And you're right, that is a powerful message. And, and as we, um, you know, step more into that fulfillment, we do help to give people permission to, to step more fully into theirs. And that's exactly what you do from every stage that you grace, from the pages of your new book surfacing to your love story, to your rescue ranch, to working with your athletes and your athlete tomorrow, Salty, <laughs> which by the way, we'll be looking back on, right? Cause this is going to uh, release in about three weeks um, from this real moment, but we'll be looking back on and be like, yes, we celebrated. Um, but yes, my friend, my dear friend, you are such a living legacy. What I love is that you're living your legacy out loud now. You're not waiting and you continue to get after it and inspire so many. I cannot thank you enough for your time. You know how much I love Rebecca. Please give her a hug. And, um, and I just may very well see you in Colorado next month. I can't wait. And thank you so much, Michelle. You are just such a beautiful soul. And I just feel so thankful uh, to have had this opportunity with you. So thank you. Such a gift. Oh, my heart is just brimming with gratitude and joy. Thank you, my love. Have a wonderful, wonderful weekend. And I know I'll be talking to you very soon. Oh, wait, sorry. What's the, what's the best resource for, um, is it SiriLindley.com for, for everyone to get everything about you, like retreats, workshops, events that you've got going on? We have um, SiriLindley.com, but also BelieveRanchAndRescue.org and um, TeamSeriousTriClub.com, which is Beck and I. Actually, all of it is pretty much Beck and I, but we have, uh, we're on Instagram, we're on Twitter, Facebook. You can follow us everywhere. We love sharing our lives and um, hope to inspire through all those mediums. And I love following you there. So we'll make sure, guys, um, that we've got every one of these platforms listed and that you can reach out and connect, donate, you know, collaborate. There's just, it's just, there's so much possibility that's right here. And you know, you're going to have a lot of people listening and reaching out. So I'm excited for that. So we'll make sure all those resources and links are up and okay. Now we can say big hugs, <laughs> big, big hugs to you, my friend, big hugs right back. <laughs> <laughs> All right, hon. Have a wonderful weekend. And again, thank you so much for coming on the Mindset Mashup. Thank you. Bye. Bye. Hey, guys. Thanks for listening. If you liked what you heard today, please share it with a friend. And you can head on over to iTunes to leave me a review. That would be so appreciated. And of course, if you'd like to reach me directly with any comments, questions, or feedback, you can do so at themindsetmashup.com. Thanks again for listening and I look forward to hearing from you.